This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Good to be here for a special bonus episode where we're talking investing, but we're not talking stocks. No, we're talking trading cards. Trading cards. Who would have thought... Go back to our primary school days, opening packets of Pokemon cards. I don't know if they made it to Wagga. Yeah, they did. I was a big trader. Were you? But I was very black market trading. I did it quite unethically. Please explain. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't paint myself in a very good picture. It was very profitable. But um, What did you do? <laughs> no, I'm not saying. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I... St- the thing is now everyone's mind, people's minds are running wild. That's you know? fine. Was he That's counterfeiting fine. cards? That's was fine. He, was I don't want to end up on an episode of Dirty Money Was he Netflix. sneaking into classrooms and stealing them from other kids' no, desks? No, nah, there was an element of that, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, let's not get stuck in too much to what I was doing. We've got an episode where we're going to have a look at, uh, at trading cards in a little bit more detail because this episode is uh, brought to you by eBay where you can buy and sell trading cards. Whether you're a card player, a collector or an investor, eBay is the platform that you're looking for. Yeah, and everyone is familiar with eBay. It is the original online marketplace for collectibles and for so much else. It launched in 1999 in Australia and it is now Australia's number one most visited online shopping site with over 11 million monthly visitors in Australia. That's almost half the population. Yeah, it's pretty surprising, actually. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, we just do ma- want to make it clear as well before we crack in that uh, none of the opinions that we're about to give regarding trading cards are that of eBay. They're ours only. Yeah, we've done our research and yes. uh, it is just a fascinating industry and one that we want to chat about today. Did you see that last year in the height of COVID, Target, like the big retailer over in the US, had to stop selling trading mm. cards? Because mm. like the, I think that every Wednesday, Wednesday, they would have new stock come in mm. and there were fights and there were mm. overnight lines for trading cards. I oh, know. <laughs> I mean, we did an episode titled something like um, Everything's a Bubble. And <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there yeah, was yeah. some crazy stats around what was happening in the trading card market. And we should also say that not only are these opinions ours and not eBay's, but this is definitely not financial advice. Mm. Get personal advice. I don't know if you could get a financial advisor to advise you on trading cards, but you should ask if you're unsure, do your own research. And obviously past performance is no indication of future performance. The past few years have been incredible for trading cards, but that isn't to say what's going to happen in the future. That's it. With those disclaimers in mind, Bryce, tell me about the past few years. Well, let's set the scene. And this is some data from eBay since the start of the pandemic, where no doubt things really started to take a turn for trading cards. So sales of sports trading cards increased triple digits. Sales of trading cards such as Pokemon, my favorite back in primary school, increased triple digits. 
And sales of NRL trading cards grew quadruple de- mm, digits. Mm. That's, NRL. Like, that's like more than a thousand percent when yeah. we say quadruple digits. Uh, who would have thought I would not have picked that? Uh, NBA cards grew by nearly quadruple digits in 2021 as well. So huge growth across all different types of trading cards, sports particularly, NBA and NRL really going to the moon. And I think we should probably just pause and clarify. When we say trading cards, we do literally mean cardboard printed cards. Yeah. How do they verify they're not fraudulent? Well, you should know that. You were black market counterfeiting them to primary school. You were flooding the market in Wagga. I didn't care. Anyway, according to eBay, the highest price card to sell in Australia in 2021 was a 2018-2019 Prism Luca Donchik card do you know who luca is nah <laughs> do you <laughs> yeah yeah who is it uh he plays for mark cuban's team the dallas mavericks there you go nice yeah, yeah, that yeah. could be another part of their podcast bryce learns pop culture and true and uh true. high profile sports figures anyway <laughs> it's sold for a whopping one hundred and forty thousand australian dollars a piece of cardboard yeah a trading if you, card if you think one hundred and forty thousand aussie dollars is a lot I do. Watch this space. Okay. Because <laughs> we're going to get higher. So that's the stats from uh, eBay rent since the start of the pandemic. But what else have we got? Yeah. So let's, we, we kind of structured this a little bit like an industry deep dive. So let's start by looking at the trading card industry as a whole. According to Digital Journal, the global trading card industry is worth more than $6 billion. And according to this same digital journal uh, research, it's predicted to grow at 7.8% a year until 2030, reaching about just shy of $12 billion industry. So they expect it to double by the end of the decade. Here's an idea, trading card ETF. Well, it's funny you say that because there is a trading card index. There you go. And it's outperformed the S&P 500. But there you go. We will get to that. <laughs> okay, nice. Sorry, jump the gun. So some of the biggest categories, uh, Pokemon you mentioned, and we spoke about how during the pandemic Target had to stop selling. Magic the Gathering, I've heard of it. I've never played it. It's really the OG card game. It brings in over a billion dollars annually. Wow. Yeah, pretty amazing. But I think probably the biggest category or the category that's really exploded in popularity over the last few years is sports. Mm. Now, I said that there's an index that tracks trading cards. The PWCC, not to be confused with PWC. Yes. Um, they, they, the PWCC 500 index tracks the 500 biggest sports trading cards so if you were to compare the PWCC 500 to the S&P 500 that tracks the 500 biggest US stocks, which do you think has done better? Well, you just told me that it was the... True. <laughs> and also, like, I wouldn't be introducing this stat to the episode. <laughs> and it's the S&P 500. <laughs> so since 2008, the, the trading card index has returned 216%. And the S&P 500 has returned 135%. Wow. There you go. I will point out though, I will point out to put a bit of perspective, the projected growth rate for the next, what, 15 years or so, or eight years actually, 7.8, is sort of below your uh, average market return. So just putting it in perspective. There you go. Just putting it in perspective. So when we talk about sports cards, 
this is an American index, so think American sports. Basketball, baseball, hockey, NFL. What, what do you think is the majority? Like where do you think uh, of that 500 top uh, cards in the index, what sport do you think is most represented? Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> hockey is 9% of the index. Oh, okay. Uh, baseball. Baseball is 73% of the index. So baseball is the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't tell you one baseball player that is currently playing. Well, the most expensive piece of sports memorabilia, we're jumping the gun a bit, but given you've mentioned it, uh, the most expensive sports memorabilia, not just cards, just any sports memorabilia, is a trading card and it is a baseball trading card. Wow. Do you know the player? Rodriguez. (laughs) (laughs) No, a Mickey Mantle 1952 baseball card, $12.9 million. Ridiculous. What was previously the most expensive was Maradona Hand of God jersey. You know, in that World Cup Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. he uh, allegedly headed it into the goals. Um, (laughs) That was about $9 million. That was the most expensive piece of memorabilia, the jersey Maradona wore that day. But then the Mickey Mantle card beat it. And Michael Jordan, his jersey that he wore for, uh, in the I think, the 96 playoffs or... In in a a famous game, sold for about $10 million. Wow. So this piece of cardboard with Mickey Mantle on it is selling for more than Maradona and Michael Jordan's jerseys. Wow. I'd be interested to see, though, what's happened to these cards over the last six months. And I don't know if we have data, but a lot of of these hot, hot, hot assets have um, taken a bit of a hit, Uh, particularly these ones that are, I would say, in the speculative side more than... The investing oh, side. as opposed to the blue chip trading cards. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking like trading cards. Full stop. Definitely the, fall in the, the Seth trading Clark. cards with a four percent dividend. Yield. <laughs> Seth like, Clarman will put be putting that there. Are we need to be clear here that it's a speculative investment. But anyway, let's. Oh, we yes. Yeah, they're, 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 anyway, let's keep moving around. So you're right, Bryce. Speculative, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, we've made some fun of NFTs in on our Instagram and looked at what they sold for at the peak of 2021 and what they sold for today. I think uh, Jake or Logan Paul, one of the Pauls, spent like 600 grand on an NFT in 2021 and it's worth $10 today. Jeez. So like the, the bubbles burst yeah. and the 2021 bubble has burst. But the really interesting thing is that in the trading card space, some are seeing it as an alternative asset class. And there was this story out of the US where PWCC Marketplace, that company that runs that index we were speaking about before, established a $175 million asset-based credit facility with Whitehawk Capital Partners. And what that means beyond the jargon is funds are willing to lend against trading cards. Crazy. They see Whitehawk Capital Partners have seen the trading cards of enough like security for a loan to lend against it. You know, you used to have to put your house up as collateral. Mm. Now you can put your trading card collection up. Again, how do they know this stuff's real? Well, how well, do what's you know, the fraud value? How do you know any asset's real? Like we had Michael Doer on the show a few weeks well, I mean, ago it's, talking yeah, it's, about a $3 billion wine fraud industry. Like fraud exists. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just asking the question. Like I want, like other, can you loan yeah. against, can you loan against a bottle of Penfolds Grange, I wonder? Probably. Actually, definitely. Really? Yeah. 
I should bring out. I'm trying to buy a house. I should bring out my <laughs> my my, my uh, Penfolds Grange collection. It's fascinating that pay, like 175 dollar credit facility, 75 million dollar, <laughs> 75 million, 175 dollar credit facility is what you would have got back in Wagga in 2000. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's what I was taking out at recess <laughs> for people to use at the canteen. Yeah. So I, I I think, but but for me, like the the story isn't as interesting as what the story means, like what, what it shows that's happening in the industry, which is that uh, lenders are seeing it as an alternative asset in the same way they would lend against, you know, you, you mentioned wine, but mm. also they would lend against art or, mm. you know, luxury cars. Like they see it as an asset that can hold its value enough that if they don't get repaid, they can take the asset and recover their money that yeah, way. Yeah. I don't see a lot of people lending against NFTs. No, well. But they probably do. They, no, you know what? They definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ren, one of the problems that we face as investors when it comes to these niche alternatives is the liquidity of it. You yeah. know, if you have a trading card, it's not like it's publicly available and you can turn around tomorrow and say, I want to sell this just like I want to sell my ETF positions. Yes. So this Mickey Mantle baseball card, for example, that what what did it go for? Twelve point nine million. Yeah. You've got to find someone out there who, who's willing to pay more than twelve point nine if you want to make a profit. Very difficult to do. Very difficult. And traditionally, you know, before eBay and before the internet, you would have been what going to the sports memorabilia store. Yeah. Do they? I don't even know if those stores exist anymore. Yeah. Um, in your local town or in you know nearby city or whatever uh you'd be driving from Wagga to sydney to try and fog it off definitely no, I, I didn't have to go far <laughs> and you'd be hoping that you could sell it but because there wasn't a massive supply of potential buyers you probably weren't realizing the full value yeah and so i think you know, obviously this episode is sponsored by eBay, but it is really m- online marketplaces like eBay that have enabled these super niche, super niche alternative asset classes to exist because yeah. they've just created depth and liquidity in these markets. They've expanded your potential pool of buyers beyond the sports memorabilia shop and the pawn shop in your local town to millions potentially millions of collectors or players or investors around the world and we've seen like super niche asset classes take off before on online and on ebay do you remember when beanie babies were like a yeah. massive asset yeah, yeah. class massive fraud there as well really yeah <laughs> were you selling them in wagga back in no, the day i never got into beanie babies i think they were a little bit before our time yeah and, and obviously that market didn't end up doing too well so there's a a cautionary tale for everyone. Mm. These online marketplaces have really been the fuel for... They've been the structural change that has been necessary for this market to exist because, you know, baseball cards and stuff, they've always had value, but the explosion of value has really been a liquidity story. Yeah, absolutely. And in eBay's 2021 State of Trading Card report, yes, that's a report, they announced more than 142% in growth in sales over in the US, which was uh, in other which was more than 4 million more cards than the year before. 4 million cards traded, unbelievable. Here in Australia as well, there's um, been some pretty phenomenal growth of 379% compared to 205% in China, 149% in Canada and 113% in Europe. So still pretty solid growth numbers around the world in uh, trading cards on eBay. So 
it's staggering to think how many are being traded. Millions and millions, millions of cards. Of cards yeah. Millions of cards. And millions of cards being traded and we're seeing records being broken. I said 12.9 million for Mickey Mantle. My mistake, 12.6 million. I thought you said 12.6. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wasn't listening. Anyway, 12 point something, but it's 12.6. 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the next highest card, and we didn't actually get which card this was, was 7.25 million. Jeez. So Mickey Mantle. Absolutely killed it. Yeah. So that's the most expensive trading card. That's the most expensive piece of sports memorabilia. Let's go to Pokemon cards. Your niche. Your um <laughs> Yeah. Let's go to Pokemon cards. Your niche. Logan Paul owns the most expensive Pokemon card in the world. Five point two seven five million dollars is what he paid to get it. What Pokemon is on that card? <laughs> A Razashard. <laughs> What is that? I don't know. You don't know that? It's the most super niche Pokemon card going around. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It's always not going to be Pikachu. What? I don't way too many. We're not playing process of elimination. You got to guess. I don't know, bro. It is Pikachu. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) You're kidding. I feel like it's like a level ten illustrator Pikachu. Okay. I think there were only like thirty of these cards made in like 1998, and they were given out. Or something. Anyway, long story. But yeah, uh, Logan Paul paid $5.275 million for it. Jeez. I mean, is that an investment or does he just love YouTube or has too much money? Who knows? He's the YouTuber, right? So both of them are YouTubers and then one of them's gone to boxing. Jake. I think Jake's (laughs) boxing. Jake Paul. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go. So some pretty astonishing numbers coming out of... um, I mean, these niche asset classes, we've spoken about it on the show before. As I said, do want to caveat that these are more speculative than anything. Uh, if, if you want more information on investments, tune into the rest of Equity Mates yeah. Media. <laughs> but it's just a bit of fun. I got a bit, speaking of a bit of fun, okay. I, got a, I got a game for you as we get to the end of this episode. So uh, looking at eBay's 2021 State of Trading Cards report, They've got the three, mo- that they've got notable sales, and I assume they're the top three sales in sports and top three in collectibles. I'll read the three, and you tell me which you think was the most valuable. And for a bonus point, ballpark me the price. Okay. Yeah? Deal. Okay. We'll start with sports or collectibles first. What do you want to start with? You're going to give me three from each. Three from each. Let's go sports. Okay. So starting with sports, we've got the 1996 Topps Chrome Refractor Kobe Bryant Rookie RC. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> what is that remote? Con- what is that? I don't know. It's just there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Okay. Uh, we've got the 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle number 311. Okay. And then we've got the 2000 playoff contenders, Tom Brady, rookie, RC. What's RC? I I get maybe rookie card. Rookie card. Yeah. Re- remote control card. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most valuable? Which of those three sold for the most? So they, they were the top three in the notable sales in 2021. Well, or- I mean, my mind goes to this Mickey Mantle one because he holds the record for the most expensive. Uh, I'm not re- really sure... If the year, though, would come through. So Tom Brady's rookie card? You've nailed it. Nice. Do you want to ballpark the number? Uh, like like 800,000. Pretty close. Uh, 550,000. 550. Yeah. The, the really interesting thing. So 
1952 Mickey Mantle sells for $12.6 million this year, 2022. And this another 1952 Mickey Mantle sells for 428000 in 2021. Wow. So I guess that's like the condition of the card or yeah. maybe the really Story expensive Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle was like a, a shiny one. That that was the thing with Pokemon cards back in the day, wasn't it? They yeah. were shiny yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's sports. Let's go to collectibles. Yeah. So the top three in eBay's 2021 State of the Trading Cards, State of Trading Cards report, a 1999 Pokemon base set, first edition Shadowless Holo Charizard. Oh, yeah. Charizard, uh, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. A Gem Mint PSA 10 Magic the Gathering Black Lotus. Okay. And a 1999 Pokemon Base First Edition Hollow Thick Stamp Shadowless Charizard. Charizard popular, Charizard, obviously. Yeah, I was going to, that's what I was trying to say when I said a Razajard. <laughs> <laughs> Char, Char, Charizard. Um, it's either of those two, and I'm going to say the thick one. No, it was uh, actually the Magic the Gathering. Ah, uh, I, I don't know what that is. It's like a, it's like a card game. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So that one sold for five hundred eleven thousand one hundred dollars. Okay, nothing compared to sports. I mean, it's like I was about to say it's a house in Australia, but like fifteen years ago, it was a house in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ren. Well, before we close, we. Do want to bring it back to some actual companies here, given that we're an investment show and plenty of companies are getting in on the action when it comes to trading cards. Disney is getting in on the action. Earlier this year, they released their upcoming game, Lucana. Yeah. Well, they haven't even released the game yet. The game is out in mid 2023. Oh, okay. But they've released some of the cards for it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's weird. Well. Promo? Well, no, I think it's because they're realizing that trading cards are so hot. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't need is probably not the wrong word. Want is probably a word. Yeah. Um, but some of these cards, the game isn't even out yet. Some of these cards are already selling for more than two grand on the resale market. It's so strange. It's like saying I think it's I'm like, going to release cards for the Essendon Football Club in 2030. When like, yeah. It's not even out yet. How do you know? Anyway, let's not get stuck into well, it. I, I, think it's, it I think it's got like Disney characters on it. Yeah. So it's like people just people want know Disney it. characters. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think it's an indication that right now we talk about sports, we talk about Pokemon, we talk about Magic the Gathering um, and some other games, you know, like, I don't know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Is that, is that still a thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there's, there's clearly other companies with really strong IP, like really strong characters are looking at trading cards as another avenue to monetize. Yeah. And Disney is the king of having really strong IP and finding millions of ways to monetize that cruises to movies and everything in between trading cards is getting added to the list that brings us to the end of the episode a bit of fun fascinating niche space along with many of the others that we've been watching bubble over the last couple of years so if you are interested to buy and sell trading cards you can do so buy and sell trading cards on ebay whether you're a card player a collector or an investor ebay is the platform that you're looking for it ebay is the original online marketplace for collectibles since launching in 1999 in australia and it whatever you're trying to buy trading cards or anything else it is the number one most visited online shopping site with over 11 million monthly visitors in australia the number one most visited online shopping site in australia i should say love it so ebay.com.au check it out that brings us to uh, to the end Ren great to chat and we'll pick it up next week sounds good 
You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.